Thank you, girls. In your Bibles tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 3, and we're in a transition time in David's life and ministry. We come to 2 Samuel chapter number 3, and Saul is dead, and David has become the king of a portion of the kingdom of the nation of Israel. And then one of Saul's uh, sons has also become a king of another portion of the nation of Israel. It'll be some time until uh, David is the rightful ruler of the entire kingdom and nation of Israel. The king that is opposed to David, his name is Ishbosheth. And Ishbosheth has a general named Abner. And David is ruling and reigning, rightful king, and he has a general whose name is Joab. And we see a, a, a battle that is happening between these men and these nations. And David is the rightful king according to God's word and plan. And in due season, he'll become the king. But we meet up in this, in this section of scripture, we meet up with some men making some foolish decisions and having to deal with the righteous judgment of God. And uh, we'll read together here in the conclusion of this chapter. I'm going to, instead of reading the entire chapter, I'm going to do it in sections tonight and try it this way because there are multiple sections that we need to pay attention to that revolve around a similar theme. If you'll look with me tonight, we'll begin our reading in 2 Samuel chapter number 3 and verse number 28. Verse number 28. The Bible says, and afterward when David heard it, what did he hear? I'll tell you what he heard. He heard that Joab, his general, had killed Abner, Ishbosheth's general. It was a sneaky ploy, and we'll know more about it here in a minute. But the Bible says that afterward when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house. And let there not fail from the house of Joab one that hath an issue or that is a leper or that leaneth on a staff or that falleth on the sword or that lacketh bread. So Joab and Abishai his brother slew Abner because he had slain their brother Asael at Gibeon in the battle. And David said to Joab, and all the people that were with him, rend your clothes and gird you with sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David himself followed the bier, the coffin. And they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters, as a man falleth before wicked men, so fellest thou. And all the people wept again over him. And when all the people came to cause David to eat meat while it was yet day, David sware, saying, So do God to me, and more also, if I taste bread or aught else, till the sun be down. And all the people took notice of it. And it pleased them, as whatsoever the king did pleased all the people. For all the people and all Israel understood that day that it was not of the king to slay Abner, the son of Ner. And the king said unto his servants, 
Know ye not that there is a prince and a great man fallen this day in Israel? And I am this day weak, though anointed king. And these men, the sons of Zeruiah, be too hard for me. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. The emphasis that I want to draw on the message I want to preach tonight is out of that last verse. David gets to the place. He's upset. He'd made peace with Abner. And Joab and Abiathar had murdered Abner in cold blood in revenge for their brother's death. And David is at this moment where he's like, oh my goodness, what a disaster we have. What a mess. And there's a lot of things that were out of David's control and out of David's power, even though he was the king. And David resolves to this very important truth. He resolves to this truth that the Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. The bottom line, David says God will reconcile the accounts. God will issue the punishment. God will take care of the evil man. There's two things that we should apply to our own lives in regard to this. The first is, when you sin, be sure your sin will find you out. When you live in sin, be certain that whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. And we should be motivated as God's people to live holy lives before him. Keep short accounts of our sin. Determined to Serve God faithfully. The second application is when you're faced with people who've done you wrong, done you dirty, people who seem to be getting by with murder, you need to understand something and rest in the wonderful truth that God is the one who settles the accounts. The Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You know what we're tempted to do? We want to get our own revenge. We want to get our own satisfaction. We want to punish the punished, the punisher. We want to punish the people who've hurt us. I want to remind you of something. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. And in this passage of Scripture, we see God doing exactly what David said God would do. And the first person that falls under the judging hand of God in this passage of Scripture is none other than David himself. Oh, you look with me at the beginning of the chapter. At the beginning of the chapter, we are transitioning and there's a battle going on consecutively and consistently against, between Ishbosheth and David, the people of Saul, the people of David, the kingdom with Joab as the general and Abner as the general. And the Bible gives some insight into how things are going. Verse number 1, Now there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker 
and weaker. When I read verse number 1, I'm reminded that it always pays to be on the Lord's side. It's simple, I know, but it's so important. When you make your decisions this week, choose God. Choose God's way. Choose God's favor. Choose God's pleasure. Choose God. Because it's a fact. When you determine to live for the Lord, you have hope of stronger and stronger. When you determine to live for yourself, for the flesh and the devil, you have promise of weaker and weaker. Verse number 2. And unto David were sons born in Hebron. And his firstborn was Amnon of Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess. And his second, Chaleb of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And the third, Absalom, the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. The fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith. And the fifth, Shephatiah, the son of Abital. And the sixth, Ithraim, by Egla, David's wife. These were born to David in Hebron. It's kind of fascinating what's going on here, but I want you to know something about David. King David, the man after God's own heart. Let me tell you something about David. David was making a great big uh-oh mistake. You see, it was the pattern, and it was acceptable in the culture of the East at that time for kings to have great harems of wives. And David decided to follow in the footsteps of other kings who'd gone before in other nations and other lands. And David lived a polygamous lifestyle. It brings to question the issue of polygamy. Does God allow polygamy? The answer is no. In the nation of Israel, in the Old Testament, polygamy was something that happened among even God's people. But if you look close at the stories of Abraham and others in the Old Testament who determined and decided to have more than one wife, they brought themselves great grief and great trouble. And David was no different. There was a little bit of a, uh, an opportunity, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, let it slide kind of issue there with polygamy for certain Old Testament people. But for the king of Israel, it was absolutely directly forbidden of God. If you were to look in your Bibles in Deuteronomy chapter number 17, you might want to look at it with me. It's, fine. it's, it's quite interesting. In Deuteronomy chapter number 17, before there was ever a king and kingdom set up in the nation of Israel, God in his law gave some commandment concerning a king of God's people. If the nation of Israel were to have a king in Deuteronomy chapter number 17, God says, here's how you should elect him and here's his duties. And here are some things that are forbidden of an Israelite king. The Bible says in verse number 17 of Deuteronomy chapter number 17, neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. What did the law of God say about polygamy for the king of Israel? Uh-uh, buddy. No way. 
Now, David had this idea, if I'm going to build a great name for myself, if I'm going to build a great family, if I'm going to have a great entourage like all the other kings in the world, in the known world, then I'm going to have to go this route. But I want you to know something. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. And when David decided to do what David wanted to do instead of obeying God, he brought to himself great, great trouble. Oh, we could spend all night talking about these people that are mentioned from verses 2 to verse number 5. The first one that we see, one of the first ones we see, brings a great reminder. The Bible says in verse 2, Unto David were sons born in Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon. Do you remember the story of Amnon? The Bible said Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. And I've preached on Amnon before on a few different occasions because it's a, it's a very important illustration and picture of picking your friends. You are or you soon shall be what your friends are. And Amnon had a friend and his friend encouraged him to do something terrible. And the next thing you know, Amnon ends up getting murdered by some of his other brothers from a different mother. But the same father, King David, and David, because he disobeyed God, he did what God said would happen. The Lord rewards the doer of evil. You see, folks, when we step outside of the will of God, the plan of God, the principles of God, we step outside of God's blessing, and sin will be punished. Now, I'm thankful that we can confess our sins and repent of our sins. And God is faithful to forgive our sins. And I'll tell you this, God extends mercy and grace to us in regards to the punishment of our sin. But I'll have you know something, sin has consequences and the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. You see, David sinned against God and kept bringing wives and wives and wives and wives. And the tragic story of Amnon of Absalom, the tragic story of Solomon. Where did Solomon get his idea to have thousands of wives? He picked it up from his own father. And David suffered greatly because of his willing disobedience to God. Something I love about the story is that even though David sinned against God, even though David on numerous occasions, does terrible things, God was able and willing to use him anyway. You see, the judgment of God is also met by the grace of God. And I can be thankful for that because the Lord knows along life's way, I've messed up many a time. And I think you can probably say amen to that too. God's faithful. But I want to remind you of something. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. David's polygamy, number one. Number two, Ishbosheth's accusation. So we see into David's kingdom, and David is building his kingdom, and he's got this harem of wives, which he shouldn't have done. And then we leave the picture in the uh, inside of David's kingdom and family, and we, we take our journey, and we look into the home and life and the kingdom that is getting weaker and weaker under the control of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and his general named Abner. Look with me in verse number 7. The Bible says in Saul, I'm sorry, back up to verse number 6. 
And it came to pass while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David that Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Wherefore hast thou gone in unto my father's concubine? Then was Abner very wroth for the words of Ishbosheth, and said, Am I a dog's head, which against Judah do show kindness this day unto the house of Saul thy father, to his brethren and to his friends, and have not delivered thee into the hand of David? that thou chargest me today with a fault concerning this woman, so do God to Abner, and more also, except as the Lord hath sworn to David, even so I do to him, to translate the kingdom from the house of Saul, and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan even to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner a word again, because he feared him. Now what happens here? I'll tell you what happens. Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah. And I don't know if Abner had been paying Rizpah a little extra attention. There's no uh, evidence here in the text that uh, Abner had done anything wrong at all. But Ishbosheth is so jealous. Ishbosheth is so small minded. Ishbosheth accuses Abner of having an illicit affair with. Rizpah. Does that make sense? You know what happens? Ishbosheth has to pay for his false accusation. There are some people who swear that uh, Abner committed the sin that Ishbosheth accused him of. And we don't really know. But I know this to be for sure. Ishbosheth was out of line. Ishbosheth made an accusation. Ishbosheth was attempting to be somebody that God had forbid him to be, the king of Israel. And folks, I want you to know something. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. It won't be long till Ishbosheth not only loses his kingdom, but loses his life. Why? Because the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. Ishbosheth, the third story, Abner, Abner. So Abner says, I tell you what I'm going to do, Ishbosheth, in light of the fact that you've told me that, and you've accused me of having an illicit affair with Rizpah, I'm not putting up with that. As a matter of fact, I've been thinking about this anyway. I am turning my back on you, and I'm taking all of myself and my influence, and I'm going with David. By the way, Abner did the right thing by going with David. So here's what the Bible has to say about that, verse number 12. The Bible says, And Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, Whose is the land? Saying also, Make thy league with me, and behold, my hand shall be with thee to bring about all Israel unto thee. And he said, Well, I will make a league with thee. But one thing I require of thee, that is, thou shalt not see my face, except thou first bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when thou comest to see my face. And I love this part of the story. Have you ever wondered what happened to Michael? Uh, Michael was David's first wife. The Bible says that Michael loved David. And we have evidence to believe that David loved Michael. And because of the fight and fuss between Saul and David, some years ago now, many years ago now, 
Saul had given Michael, taken Michael away from David and given Michael to another man to be his wife. And David says, I'm telling you what, here's what we're going to do. I understand, Abner, that you have some authority in the house of Saul. And before you see my face, you're going to bring Michael because I want her back. I think it's a fun story. An interesting picture. And the Bible says in verse number 14, David sent messengers to Ishbosheth. Saul's son saying, deliver me my wife, Michael, which I espoused to me for an hundred foreskins, the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband. I don't know what I think about this next part of the story. Look what happens. It's kind of sad. Ishbosheth the king sent and took Michael from her new husband, even from Faltiel, the son of Laish. And the Bible says in verse 16, And her husband went with her along weeping behind her to Bahurim. Then said Abner unto him, Go, return, and he returned. Verse 17, Abner had communication with the elders of Israel, saying, Ye sought for David in times past to be, the, to be king over you. Now then do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servants, David, I will save my people. Israel out of the hand of the Philistines, out of the hand of all their enemies. And Abner also spake in the ears of Benjamin. And Abner went also to speak in the ears of David and Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel, and that seemed good to the whole house of Benjamin. So Abner came to David, to Hebron, and twenty men with him. And David made Abner and the men that were with him a feast. And Abner said unto David, I will arise and go, and will gather all Israel unto my lord the king that they may make a league with thee, and that thou mayest reign over all thine heart desireth. And David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. And so Abner has began the negotiating process. Abner says, David, I'm going to trust you, and David, I'm going to serve you, and David, I'm going to encourage other families and other people to come and help you. Now, Abner's done the right thing, but I want you to know that Abner's not always done the right thing. Do you remember... So we were talking from chapter number 2 about Abner and the little guy named Asahel. I've thought so much this week of Asahel. You remember Asahel? Asahel was fast. He was a quick runner. Asahel had a heart that was this big. And Asahel was determined to fight for the cause. He was foolish and full of foolish pride and trusted in his own flesh and his own power. And Asahel, I don't know if you remember this, but Asahel was going after Abner. He wanted to kill Abner. He wanted to fight Abner. And the war between David's men and Saul's men had been going and Abner was making his way away. And he's just like a little pest. I don't know if he's throwing rocks at at Abner's back and saying, come fight me, come fight me. And Abner's like, get away from me. Fight somebody your own size. Get away from me. Fight someone your own size. And finally, Abner's had all he could stand. Do you remember the story? Abner had a sharpened spear in his hand. And as Asahel came close, he... Got him right through the fifth rib. And the spear came out the back. And Asahel died right there on the spot. Something I've seen in that, that setting so many times. Is Asahel, as he lays there dead. And Abner's already went his way. All of David's men, as they came to Asahel. The Bible says that where Asahel was, that's where they stopped. Do you know something I love about that little picture? Asahel made some foolish decisions. And I'm so thankful for the people who are able to see Asahel dead in the path. 
And they said, you know what? We've got to learn from his mistakes. We need to learn to do that. Asahel lay there dead. And I, but I want you to know something. His brother, Joab, had not forgotten what Abner had done. And the truth of the matter is, I'm not sure that Abner had any right to kill Asahel in the beginning. It, the truth is, if Abner had submitted to God and the leadership that he knew God had anointed, King David himself, there would have never been a reason at all to fight. And Asahel would still be alive. And folks, I want you to know something, that the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. What happens to Abner? Abner's done the right thing by coming over to David's side, but that's not the end. Look what the Bible says in verse 22. And behold, the servants of David and Joab came from pursuing a troop and brought in a great spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had sent him away, and he was gone in peace. When Joab and all the host that was with him were come, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king, and he hath sent him away, and he is gone in peace. Then Joab came to the king and said, What hast thou done? Behold, Abner came unto thee. Why is it that thou hast sent him away, and he is quite gone? Thou knowest Abner, the son of Ner, that he came to deceive thee, and to know thy going out and thy coming in, and to know all that thou doest. Now, Joab said, I don't think Abner's telling you the truth. We have no reason to believe what Joab has to say, because Joab is very upset, and Joab is getting ready to do something very foolish. Verse 26. When Joab was come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again from the well of Syrah. But David knew it not. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. What happens? Joab deceives Abner, and just like Abner killed Asahel, Joab smites with a knife or a sword Abner under the fifth rib. I can just imagine, how's that feel? Folks, I want you to know something. If you try to take vengeance in your own hands, you are going to come back a big, fat loser. You see, David's polygamy tells us that the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. Evil says accusations reminds us that the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. Abner's killing reminds us that the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. What did God do? God allowed that Abner would die. Now, I'll just tell you, God would have had a better way of punishing Abner, and it would have never cost Joab a red cent. But Joab takes matters in his own hand. Abner's punished because he killed Asahel, and finally, Joab. Joab murders Abner. This is a mess, isn't it? What a mess. Joab's murder of Abner produces something that no one could dream or wish for. What happened because of Joab's taking matters in his own hand? I'll tell you. David prayed the judgment of God 
down on Joab. Look at this, verse number 28. Afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord. He said, I had nothing to do with the death of Abner. Forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Verse 29, he says, let it rest on the head of Joab. Look what David says about Joab's home and house and family. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house. And let there not fail from the house of Joab one that hath an issue. He said, I pray and I hope that there's issues in Joab's house from here on out. He says, I hope that there's lepers. I hope he that leans on the staff. I hope him that falls on the sword. I hope that there's lack of bread. He wishes a curse on the home and life and the house of Joab because of what he did. And I'll have you know something. There is consequences for taking matters into your own hands. And Joab gets it. Finally, in verse number 39, David says this. In verse number 39, he says, I am this day weak. He says, I'm tender, though anointed king. I'm weak, though anointed king. And these men, the sons of Zeruiah, who are they? Joab, Bithar. He said, these sons of Zeruiah, be too hard for me. And David says this about those men. He says, The Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. Joab's future is not bright at all. Why? Because the Lord shall reward the doer of evil. Let me remind you of this very simple truth. There's a lot of little details in this chapter of God's Word that we need to pay attention to and be aware of. And let me remind you of this simple truth. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. We need to know that there are consequences for our sins. And we should live constantly in the healthy fear of the Lord. But also, we need to learn from men like Joab, whose hearts were broken because of the great injustice that a man like Abner, the big bully, had done to Asahel, their brother. We need to learn that when you attempt to take an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth or have vengeance on your adversary, you remember this very important truth. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil. Don't become the evildoer trying to recompense what some evil doer has done to you because you reap what you sow. May God help us. Just remember, the Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his, the doer's wickedness. Let's pray.